Welcome to the Have You Met Her Yet podcast. This podcast highlights the accomplishments, confronts the uncomfortable, and addresses our most fascinating questions about women in the workplace. Who they are, what they do, why you should know them. Join me, your host, Lindsay Dunn, each week as I interview a new influential woman in the workplace. It is my passion to share their incredible stories. You can expect real conversations, lessons, and stories from Canadian women who are thriving in their industries. Have You Met Her Yet is brought to you by Pink Crown Creative, a Canadian creative agency and community. In this week's episode, I speak with Angela Goliath, who is an illustrator and author based in Vancouver. She voices characters in animation, video games, and short films, and has been a professional visual artist for the past decade. I can't wait for you to meet Angela. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, Angela. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited. Yeah, well, thank you for joining us. Um, I would love it if you could share a little bit more about who you are, um, what you do, and how you got to where you currently are today in your career. Well, I am a visual artist, illustrator, and I'm an actor. How I got there. Wow. Is that your second question? Was it how I got there? (laughs) Um, That's a long story. I started out, I'll give you the Coles notes though. I started out um, in science. I got a biology degree. So that was my major and minor in psychology. I worked in a lab. Um, I did field work. And when I was working in a lab, um, I was doing a lot of water chemistry. And I found I cared more about the color changes than what the color changes were telling me. (laughs) So I decided to go to art school and I went to Emily Carr. Um, I showed nationally in galleries for, I think maybe around 10 years. And then I, I haven't given it up, but I've sort of transitioned into illustration and I do kids book illustrating for Friesen Press Publishing in Victoria. And then, um, I fell into acting, uh, kind of, I guess it was sort of during the recession, I couldn't get any work in design and that's what I was looking for. And the only thing I could find was background work in acting. And I was like, I can sit and pretend to drink coffee and get paid. And (laughs) then I got an agent, um, like a principal agent. And so now I am um, doing a lot of voiceover and booking commercials and just keep on um, working on my skill set. So yeah. Oh, and I do murals. I forgot about that. I do a lot of mural painting, but I haven't in a while because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of creative things. Um, did you ever envision yourself in all of these kind of creative avenues or, or where did you kind of envision yourself um, early on in your career? <laughs> oh, I thought like when I was a kid, I don't know. Um, <laughs> actually, when I was a kid, when I was in grade one, I was like, I want to be an actress. And then, you know, like, where I'm from, the sciences are always seen as more important than the arts, which yeah. is, I guess maybe that's kind of ubiquitous. Um, so I kind of was going more the traditional route. Um, uh, let's see here. Did I visualize me here? No. <laughs> no, I was going to be a cougar ecologist. That's what I was going to do. I was going to study cougars. Um uh, yeah, no, I did not. Is that your question? Did I? No. Yeah, like where where did you kind of envision yourself? Because it's, it's always intriguing to know um, where someone thought they would be and then it's completely somewhere different. So again, I know you have a lot of different creative things that you have going on. Um, was there ever one that was sort of the main focus and then a few things kind of branched out? Um, maybe you can kind of share a little bit about that. When I was, um, so when I actually got into the arts, like at Emily Carr, my goal was to show internationally in galleries. That was always the the push. But at the time, I can't speak for Emily Carr now what, what they're focused on. But when you're in visual arts, that sort of is what was really presented. But there's so many different ways one can make a living as a business creative. 
Um, no, I definitely didn't think about doing kids book illustration at Emily Carr. In fact, there was a really good class on book binding and everyone took that class except for me because I just didn't see that as something I wanted to do. I kind of regret that because it sounded amazing. Um, yeah, just things opened up and I, I guess we all change and story. Like if you were to look at uh, what the parallel, because it, it might seem like my career choices are not related, but they are so intrinsically related because my brand is kids. Like when I do voiceover, it's children. Um, I am doing narration for Netflix for audio description. So that's for people who are um, deaf or sorry, blind, <laughs> blind or um, hard of seeing. Mm -hmm. And I do the narration generally for kids. Um, and then kids books, I'm writing stories. Um, I write screenplays and that's usually animation. So everything kind of channels to kids. My, my visual art is very um, youthful. Um, and I, not that adults can't enjoy it. Um, I am going after the young at heart. I'm going for the inner child within all of us because it's still there, <laughs> whether we want to admit it or not. So that's the theme. And that's actually been quite surprising because when I was at Emily Carr, everything was very conceptual, really deep, heavy, conceptual discussion because I came in with a science degree. Um, there was a lot of... Um, not necessarily pressure, but there was an expectation that that kind of work would inform my work. And then now, um, as I kind of discover who I am and getting to know myself more, I am all about fun. And whether you want to see that as deep and meaningful as your business, I guess. <laughs> For me, I think there is um, a, a brilliance to it to be able to have fun and when you allow yourself to have fun and how does one go about it and whether you respond to my work like that's what I'm going for if I get you to smile I feel it's a success oh yeah that that's so wonderful um so was there sort of a point in your career that you felt you wanted to go in that that kind of path where you had that passion for um children's art and and children's um I guess like the, that sort of narrative, um, was there a moment in time or did you are, are always kind of feel drawn to that area? No, not at all. Like 0% of me. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, I come from a hard, like world of deep conceptual, like even my background within biology and psychology, like I love Carl Jung and, uh, Wilhelm Reich. And like, I like to go into heavy philosophy. It, was like, I don't know, a couple years ago where I just sat back or maybe a year ago where I was like, whoa, everything seems to be woven into kid stuff. And I think in the past, I might have seen that as um, inferior, I guess. And again, that's a societal thing, like how we have our everything structured in hierarchy and kids right. will be kind of lesser than. But I think that it's kind of a foolish way to exist because um kids are really important <laughs> and, and holding them young and guiding them and getting them thinking in um a more holistic round grounded world um so yeah actually I feel like my work is extremely important when you're looking at stories everything in life revolves around the story and what story you're telling yourself when you leave your um, door in the morning what are what are your beliefs and values and how that shapes you and your narrative is how you're going to be responding to other people so those stories from a very young age they stick with you like I'm sure you could just whip off all your favorite stories as a kid and then if you have to start thinking about why um, that's another interesting thing to start looking at what was important so being around authors who are molding those stories that's so fascinating and then reading it and then I all I ever get is just a, um, a piece of white paper with black text and I got to start creating worlds and like I'm a world builder and a, a little creature builder and like room builder everything and yeah. um, I just feel like that's really important 
Yeah, absolutely. And so um, you've shared a little bit that, you know, you, you do illustrations for children's books. How did that kind of come about where you were able to be connected with an author and kind of start getting those partnerships? Like when, what was my very first one or just how it set um, up now? Maybe, yeah, maybe just like how that kind of started. Um, maybe just some advice for anyone who is looking to kind of get in that field. Um, maybe just any lessons that you might've learned going through that. Okay. Um, yeah. So my very first introduction to an author, um, I was doing craft and art fairs around the city and like the lower mainland. And it just happened that this one lady came up to me and said, my husband is looking for somebody like you. I always get that. If I'm at a craft fair, people will come up. Someone's looking for someone just like you. You guys are hard to find. I'm like, really? (laughs) I feel we're everywhere. (laughs) There's so many creatives in Vancouver. Um, So I started with him. And I have to admit at the time, I don't think I was really ready for world building at the time. Like it was was really great working with him because... The two of us were kind of figuring it out together because he was a first time kids book author as well. Um, But he's not a first time writer like he's a professor and stuff so he can write really well. And I from there, I I just started getting confidence to do my own book. So I was an author and illustrator for my own next book. So that was with my niece. She brought some images you know how kids are she was nine I think nine or yeah, I think nine at the time and she was like look at these pictures and you know because I'm a creative kids will do that they'll be like hoping you say it's good therefore they're good and oh, <laughs> validation really- so yeah. sweet. <laughs> and then I was like whoa there's something here and we were up in northern Saskatchewan um and a place called Jan Lake it's really beautiful up there and we just started creating a story and from there because I had the um confidence to create a book I just went for it and then shopped around for different publishing houses and so I self-published at Friesen Press and then from there um they wanted me to come on as an illustrator because I don't think it's always typical that somebody comes in as an author and an illustrator usually they come in as the author and tips for people um uh, I don't know. <laughs> be persistent, definitely. That's the hardest part. Um, and you would have to be sending your portfolios to publishing houses. I had connections there because I had already um, published a book, so they knew my work. And um, yeah, just being able to take, again, other people's words and building them into another worlds and um you you just have to be really quick too it's another thing like there's that luxury when you're in art school to take your time and pontificate every aspect to nuance there is I find and that's what I like being an illustrator because it's not the same as a visual artist um Mm -hmm. you're kind of in between visual art and design so you're right in that lane so it's quite well visual arts is still businessy if you really think about it but you're working with someone else's vision as well and if you guys can meet in the middle and collaborate that's great um so you have to like if they want an ogre with a red face and a blue body i would suggest giving it to them if you have another idea which i do um sometimes i'll have other ideas where i'm like i think this will be stronger i do what they request and then I'll do, this is what I see. Sometimes they take what I see and sometimes they're like, no, we really want to go this direction. So being open and flexible, um, it's not all about you. It's yeah. about the team. Yeah. So being a true collaborator. Listen, yeah, you definitely. Listening to their ideas, but open to sharing your own as well, which is, which is. Yeah. I think sometimes people think with a creative, um, it's all about us and like we're some kind of medium or channeler from some uh, other entity, which you might be like according to Elizabeth Gilbert and her books, um, (laughs) very well could be. Um, But it's really about how do we get the best product for people to hear? And so we really do need to get step aside from our ego 
Um, and that's why it's great to have your own pet projects on the go. Like if it's all about you, make sure you have those going, but it really is about teamwork and hearing what is being said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. The teamwork aspect, again, that, that collaboration, knowing that, you know, there's other visions out there. Again, it's probably very hard to work with multiple creatives. You both maybe have lots of ideas and lots of big, passionate things that you want to accomplish. Um, but I like your advice on listening and, and making sure you're both on the same page. And when you are in a publishing house situation, there's, um, I don't talk directly to the author. The publishing house has um, like, I guess a project manager who coordinates in between. So there's always a bit of a filter. And I like that as well. Cause I don't know if we'd ever get anything done. Otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> like, not that it would be like conflict or anything. It's not yeah. from that perspective. It's just the fact that I think we really do need that other brain that isn't um, focused on creating. It's more about deadlines and this is what we need. And, and then like, it just, it works. I really appreciate that. Now in saying that I will make notes on the pages. So I am asking questions and then they write back. Right. But I do like having that separation. So then I'm free to create based on what they've written. So it's really important to write specifically. And if you are, some authors are super um, cool in the sense, not that you aren't cool if you don't do it this way, but they'll just be like, we just want her to go just yeah. do whatever you want. And that's a luxury. But then also, I really do appreciate when somebody is like, I want this, this and this on this character and this character. Yeah, like extreme. Because usually I have about, oh man, sometimes I can have five or six books on the go. Wow. So when I'm doing that, it's like quick turnaround. So the more direction, the more specific. That's awesome. It's just when you're kind of uncertain and you will know what you don't like once you see something I've done, that's trickier. So right. if you're super open, just know you're super open. And if you know exactly what you want, you make sure you write it all down. Yeah. Yeah. Really great advice. Um, I would love to know a little bit more about your creative process. So you kind of said, you know, usually a typical book looks like you see the text, it's pretty basic. Sometimes you get directions, sometimes you don't. What does your process look like when you get this text? Like what, where, what's your starting point? What do you do right away? What are the things that kind of get you going and get you into that creative mind space um, to create these magical wor worlds? Like, what does that look like for you? <laughs> oh my God, I cry. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I sit down and, and think about life. What am I doing? Um, what do I do? Um, I generally, um, okay, it just, usually I'm flat out busy, like working really long hours, like 8 a.m. to 2 a.m. Wow. Um, but as soon as I, okay, as soon as one big chunk is done on one project and I submit it I have to have one day away from everything um it's one thing that I, I I don't know if people realize the amount of mental fatigue that goes into creating because you're taking nothing and making worlds right um, a lot of people have this romantic notion of oh what a lovely life you must have like just think about it as if I am doing construction work in my brain right. I am exhausted and so when I am so exhausted from and it's a good exhaustion like I'm, yeah, I'm grateful for the work um, but I really do need a recovery time ideally it would be a, like a week but I just give myself a day um, and whatever that is, it could be just like uh, getting my shopping done, like groceries, uh, just getting out. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make it a little bit more of a healthy work-life balance. So I'm exercising every day. So I'm fueling in my brain. I'm going, I'll, I'll do like go for a facial, uh, get a massage, whatever, just to try to distance myself from the last book as I go into the next book. So they're completely 
separate and it works. I yeah. they, these aren't the same. And then I, uh, I print up the text. I read everything, absolutely everything that the publishing house sends me, like everything. Like even if you'd be like, why are you reading that? Because I want to know who the author is. So the more I learn about what makes them tick, I'm figuring out who they are based on, because they send these questionnaires, they send the um, story, they send the everything and i'm looking for anything that might be contradictory i'm looking for and that's what i love about what i learned from emily cars it was so heavily conceptual so that way i'm making sure everything is in line right. and then i go um to the characters that, that that's an intimidating part is we got to get something on the page right and usually there's a breakdown of the characters so i i target them and once I'm happy with them, so I'll get them from the front and the side view. And then from there, I go into each uh, scene and go in. It, it probably is an intimidating process, but it's really fun. <laughs> and then once I, once I get in, it's, it's just getting in. It's like in the past when I wasn't an illustrator, I found when I would do daily drawings, I would draw, do a do, sorry, a daily drawing once every day, I guess daily means every day. Um, <laughs> I found if you make, I make a mistake, I wanna fix the mistake. And then right. I make another mistake and I fix it. And then eventually you have a crazy drawing. And I guess that's kind of how it is. I'm setting it up, but as long as I have the characters set, then I go in and then I get edit requests. And from there, I find edit requests easy because then I know what's working for them and what's not. Yeah. And then coloring the same thing. When I get to the coloring phase, same thing. I target all, and this is also I've learned for speed because I usually have so many on the go. I do all the characters and that will be the first character. So like, say it's like the protagonist, like a dog. I do every protagonist on every page just because then I know the color palette and I know how to, and it becomes like, that becomes very mechanical, like uh, an assembly line. And then I do the next character and the next character. And then I go and do each scene because a lot of times the scenes differ, but you want to make sure the scenes, I use the same palette. I choose a palette and then I stick with it. So it makes sense from um, a unity throughout the book. I'm, I'm probably not going to go like pastels on one page and then like, hardcore neon on another unless the author asked for it which i've never had <laughs> so that's my process did i answer your question I yeah no it's it's really fascinating um to kind of step back and visualize how you kind of get into that world um i really really do like and appreciate that you shared first off that you give yourself that separation. I think that's really, really important. It's so easy to get burnt out and drown into the things that you're doing. Um, and I think you're only doing yourself and your client a disservice if you don't step away and clear your mind, do those things that make you feel refreshed and rejuvenated, and then step back. And I'm sure that gives you a whole new fresh palette of ideas and creativity and, and everything like that. Um, I think that's important. I mean, we live in such a hustle bustle world where it's nice to know that you are taking that time to step back for yourself, for your own creativity um, and, you know, giving you that, that kind of time. Um, and then it's also just really fascinating to hear how you connect, you know, the story, who the author is, um, you know, that's a lot of kind of work to do all of that research and behind the scenes. Um, it's not as easy as just like creating a character and hoping it fits. Like having that background is, is important. And, and it, it definitely makes sense now that you've shared that as well. Um, you have to. That's one of the, there's one project I was working on. Um, the authors, for whatever reason, I don't think it was for me. I think he was sending it for the designer. Um, like there's a process with the publishing. I don't do the design with the text and the images. I just do the images. And I think he sent the, uh, like a, uh, headshot for the designer and I was looking at him and I was looking at the story and I'm like this is this is almost an autobiography but he may does he may not realize that he's a part of this story like it was a fantasy and I made the the protagonist grandpa him 
I do it. I didn't do it like spot on that. I'd be like, yeah. whoa, there's me as a cartoon. But <laughs> he was the, the, the subject because I'm like, you oh. want you in there. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking at every angle because it's the author's story. It means something to them. Like you yeah. really can see how meaningful these stories are to the authors. Like pay attention to stories like we just don't really do that when you buy the book but if you pay attention you start thinking who is this person that wrote it and there's always a backstory so I'm trying to bring the author in as much as I can even though I've never met these people (laughs) that's that's really cool and again um, I think it just gives you that further appreciation again really thinking about these stories Um, especially, you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier thinking about your own favorite stories as a kid, you know, thinking about where did those stories come from? You know, where did those originate from? Um, they, you know, they most likely were something personal to that author or illustrator or wherever that came from. Um, so it's, it's kind of fascinating to, to hear that perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, in your career or currently, um, do you have any professional mentors or anyone who kind of has helped guide you along or given you advice um, in in your journey? Oh God, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Period. <laughs> there are so many. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, okay, one that really um, sticks out is um, he's he's passed on. So I can never ever go and say thank you. But one of my psychology profs, Paul Antrobus from the University of Regina, um, he taught me personality psychology, he is an absolute genius, like the smartest human I've ever met, but not like he's not a showboat. He's not like, he's not he is an academic, but he doesn't try to make he didn't try to make you feel wrong. Like there's this one quote, I love somebody Oh, I wonder if I can find it. Um, Oh, shoot, I don't have it on me. Um, (laughs) Learning to know when other people's feelings are more important than being right. So sometimes I find in our society, we're always in this battle of I'm more right than you rather than somebody else's feelings. He was very wise. I find there's a wisdom in that. And he was very big at Um, he was the first person to really start pushing me in a creative way, just a brilliant human. And he'd always say to me, you should write a book, you should write a book. And I did, I wrote a kid's book. (laughs) That's one person. And then from an art, uh, visual artist perspective, um, oh, there's just so many people from Emily Carr. Art Perry is a huge one. He is somebody, he's a photographer and an art critic. And he loves everybody. I gravitate towards people who are brilliant and they don't flaunt it and push it down your face. <laughs> they, they are what they are. And there's usually, um, you know, there's some imperfections to them and you wouldn't necessarily find them like you wouldn't be like, wow, that, I bet you that's the most brilliant. You know, sometimes we're the loud ones in the room who are t- overpowering. They're not those people. They right. are assuming they're brilliant. Um, so Art Perry was a really big one. Oh, gosh, you're throwing me here because I'm trying to think there's so many people. <laughs> there's tons. So many acting instructors. Like acting itself is I've never found more wonderful people like Laura Mack. Um, she's amazing. Uh, acting is the opposite of what I think the general public thinks the community is like, I think there's a lot of belief that it's a superficial catty, um, like dog eat dog sort of world, whatever that world is that people think it is, is definitely the opposite. I've never felt more included and accepted than I have in the acting community. Like, what am I doing in acting? I don't know. It's just that I have so many supporters, <laughs> like my agent, Brenda Campbell, she's amazing. Just so many amazing people who believe in me and just keep pushing me forward. Yeah. How is that for an answer? There's more. I'm yeah. sorry when you're listening to this. <laughs> It's always really wonderful to hear people reflect on the people that got them to where they are or just kind of inspired them or motivated them. Um, And it is so nice that you do have so many people, um, whether you've mentioned them or not, that have got you here and kind of inspired you in some way. 
Oh, I got to say some more. Okay. So <laughs> there's Thrive. That's an uh, all-female um, artist initiative um, started by Jamie Smith. Mm -hmm. uh, she really uh, brought me into the group. Penny Lane Shen, I think, was the one who told her to reach out to me. Um, and it's okay. So what it is, is Jamie saw a hole in the art community where she saw that men were really good at spreading information with each other to mm -hmm. like about projects and getting things out there. But she wasn't seeing that same level of collaboration among women. And so that's what she did. She created it. And it's awesome. I'm a part of that. And then 13 Feet Off the Ground is an artist collective that was an offshoot from that. And that's, I'm a part of that. We do murals as a group, all women. It didn't, it wasn't, it didn't, the intention wasn't to be all women, but that's who came. Um, and then I'm a part of an acting group. We meet once a month. It's a business acting group. Um, we call ourselves, I don't know, can I say a swear? Sure. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, the badass acting divas. So Love it. Laura Adkin, Ashley Ross, these are huge um, influences in my life. There's just, again, if I've missed your name, it doesn't mean I don't love you as much. It's just like my parents. <laughs> this is my Oscar <laughs> acceptance speech. <laughs> as a true actor, you have it all, all prepared. <laughs> Next time I'll have it written out. I wasn't expecting this question. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I really love it. And um, again, you, you've pointed out a really important thing that I always like to share with people as well is that, you know, community is such a big part of your career as well. Um, and being able to have those networking groups, being able to have that support, being able to communicate and go through the same similar things, um, especially as women, especially as women, um, you know, whether, you know, you mentioned whether it was intentional or not for that group to have been women or not. I think it's really important for us to lean into each other and, and help and support and, and have that kind of network of people. Um, so it's wonderful that you have lots of different areas for that. I will say this, um, the times that I have struggled the most is when I'm being an island and not reaching out. Right. Um, instead of like, again, with, from the acting perspective, acting is a team sport. It's not about me. I am nothing without my scene partner, the other actors, like it really is. And when I go in for auditions, it, back in the day when we'd go to actual auditions, a lot of it's on Zoom right now because of COVID. Right. Um, when I would walk, walk into the room, there's a room that looks exactly like me. Like we, you know, cause they're looking for a certain demographic if I'm being called in. Right. So there's a lot of white blondes with a certain length right. of hair. And so instead of looking at it as I, I'm going to win, it, when I would go in, um, you get like instructions quickly. And as I'm leaving the next um, person sitting there, uh, if I have the time, if they're not going right away, I'll let them know what we did because there could be a time when we're working together. And <laughs> if that person is like, oh, well, she's all about herself. So, you know, like what kind of dynamic are we going to have on set together? If yeah. it's like, so really it's a team sport. And yeah. So again, how we visualize the acting world, I don't see it that way at all. Yeah, that's really refreshing to hear um, because I, I do think that there's, you know, there's lots of different opinions out there. There's lots of different experiences, um, again, especially women in, in this industry as well. Um, you know, you've kind of shared a little bit of, of advice, but is there anything that you'd like to share with anyone who does want to break into that industry, um, who might be a little bit timid, um, who might not really know where to kind of start or, or where to go? Like you mean in the acting world in general? Yeah. Um, yeah. Go to Laura Max Academy. <laughs> That's a great start. <laughs> Plug for you, Laura. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you want to uh, get into classes. Definitely. Um, Cause I do voiceover. I would say go to on the mic to start. Um, you're just going to start meeting people and collaborating and you'll start seeing like if you look at like the A-listers, they generally kind of move as a group, like, you know, James Franco and Seth Rogen and that group. And then like Will Farrow and his little group, you know, like there's always kind of that same 
group and they probably i don't know for sure so if i'm wrong like sorry <laughs> but they probably started their careers together or they met each other along the way and then you start writing like i would have never started writing anything in film if i wasn't associated with laura adkin because she's a writer and a director and an actor and then i don't know i was just in meetings and kept hearing about her struggles as she's writing like um and that's another thing is how much work is goes into a screenplay oh my gosh there's so much and and she's really successful and so you start hearing about it and i was like i want to do that and then i'm taking classes with her um so you just have to go for it and if you're timid um that's all right because that's everybody's personality is different. Um, my personality will get booked for a certain like flavor versus if you're a shy person, you might as well just show you're shy because that person will be booked for that quality. Um, nervousness, nervousness is a different thing. So we're all probably going to feel those nerves. So you just kind of learn how to deal with them. And that, that, that never gets old. Oh my God, we're always nervous. <laughs> but yeah, just get in a class, um, start, start taking the classes, start talking to people. You'll learn if that class is for you or not. I was in classes where I was like, yeah, this is definitely not for me. Right. And something else comes along. Yeah. So just kind of trying different things. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think what you originally had shared um, is, you know, finding a good group of people and, you know, continuously uplifting each other, bringing each other along, like including each other and hoping throughout the ride, you're all kind of going to be a part of the same um, community and, you know, continuously, hopefully grow and um climb the ladder as as a collective group and you you do actually because my oops, sorry <laughs> my badass um acting divas group we've been together for i can't even remember now three years it's been a while might be longer um i think it is longer <laughs> anyways um and when you meet monthly everybody's life is different so i might be so we do a share each person shares and then we see what if anyone can help out if you need the help or whatever like what can the group offer you so one month i might be like crying and this is happens to all of us i might be in tears for whatever reason whatever's happening another person might be having the time of their life like right just like booking everything, making tons of money in their side business. Another person might be just, you know, cruising along like, and then the following month, everything's reversed. Everything's right. shifted. Um, so yeah, like my share yesterday, I'm good. I'm cruising along. I'm that person. I'm not like super, well, actually I just came off of booking. So I'm pretty happy. <laughs> but um, so, but then another person was, you know, not the best day. Um, next month it could be. And so when you're actually experiencing this, your bad days are still bad, but yeah. they're not as bad because you just witnessed someone else a month ago and the month right. before that. And every day, the next day might be better, you know, like it's just life. So when you're witnessing other people's life events, it's, it changes. And you're right things climb, things progress, because my group is a bunch of go-getters. Um, oh, oh, yeah, I'm sure everybody's heard this before, but you are um, a reflection of the five people closest to you. Yeah. So pick those people wisely. Yeah. And uh, like, seriously, I, well, maybe I shouldn't say this. I don't know. Generally, <laughs> generally speaking, sometimes I'm noticing somebody is getting a little bit more negative and negative, and I will not have much to do with them. And that happened. Yeah. Uh, I, I booked three roles once I made that distance. Yeah. So it's really um, powerful just watching who you surround yourself with. And it doesn't mean that anybody's a bad person. It just maybe you guys aren't in the same. I don't know. You just don't think the same way. And maybe you need to move on. So. Thankfully, this group has been really good. Everybody's really um, always progressing. Yep. And then it just drags you up or yep. wherever. It just drags you along a new momentum. Because I'm writing. I'm, I like to write now. And it's like, whoa, that's my new hobby. <laughs> yeah. I honestly think that's such important advice. Um, keeping positive people around you. Because it's true. It, it is absolutely 
absolutely a reflection of yourself. Um, you know, if you have negativity around you, you can't help but think negatively as well. And you're going to be surrounded by those ideas and concepts. And, and, you know, once you remove that, I mean, it's freeing. I, I did a lot of that during the pandemic. I did a lot of soul searching, a lot of um, disconnecting of, of certain friends and family members for my own mental health, my own growth. Um, it's painful. It's hard. It's, it sucks. But in the long run, you see how much better of a person you are, what your thoughts are. They're different. Um, you don't feel the same sort of heavy load that maybe you're carrying from someone else. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really, really important to do that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And it also means like one thing to keep in mind, cause it's really easy for people to be like, I just cut this person out and this person and this person. Yeah. And one thing that I, I always want to keep an open, like I said, that one person, I, I was like, okay, this has got to end right now because of where I was at. I could see how it was really affecting my career. Right. And that's not this person's fault. That's thing, something with me. Right. And then sometimes in the future, and this actually happened with another um, friend, um, same thing. And we just reconnected and it's so much better. That mm -hmm. person was in a different place then, and now things are different. And now we, we jive and it's good. Yeah. So I always want to keep that open. It, it's not like I'm going around just cutting people. Yeah. Um, it's just not working right then. And maybe it'll things that like life happens, life's random. And another thing to really be aware of in my world, anyways, my life is full of rejection. That is a reality. I have like, I don't book every role. I book, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when I get a booking, it's like, woo but on the outside, people looking in, they're like, wow, you're always working. But if you were to see all my auditions, um, I keep track, I have this thing and I keep track of every 15 auditions. I reward myself. Um, like yeah. I have right now it's like, I'm getting a new duvet, a, a new office chair will be the <laughs> 15, new jeans after another 15. Like, oh, I love that. I literally keep track and then I check it off. And when I was, um, showing with, uh, nationally, um, for visual art, I, again, I did every 50. So I would, and that way it became a positive. So, um, I, my rule with thumb was, for every 50 submissions, I should get one acceptance. So every time I got a rejection, I was like, that's one step closer to getting an, an, somebody wanting me. So yeah. literally, I had a, a board up for 50. And so I get a rejection. I'm like, yes, I'm closer to 50 now. Like if I'm at 25, I'm like, 26 rejections. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and rarely it ever got to 50. And then again, when you get your one show, then another show will come. And it just kind of um, mushrooms from there. Yeah. Um, I think kind of the same. Um, but again, you can book a lot one year and then the next year get nothing. And that is why you need your peer group. Because yeah. you will see others in their lows. And when you're in your low, you'll be more um, kind to yourself. <laughs> yeah, of course. I love the reward system. I, again, think that's really important. I'm a really, really big believer in celebrating, whether it's big or small wins, just keeping that momentum, keeping that motivation, um, you know, not always just kicking the can if things don't go wrong, like it, go right all the time. But having that, that visualization is so important. Um, and, you know, seeing the wins and comparing and, and visualizing it for sure. And you're putting the work in for every one of my auditions. It's not like I just get, Oh, an audition. And I magically have the scene memorized and I put the work in ahead of time. Right. I have to read the breakdown, work out the character, memorize the lines, like all the work before I memorize lines, there's at least three, four hours of work before that. If I am lucky enough to have that time mm -hmm. and then memorize and then block the scene. So I'm putting in a lot of effort. Plus I get coaching. Um, right. And then you've got to put the tape together and send it off. So you could be putting in between five to 10 hours in one audition. And then I, I do a check mark and carry on. That's why I'm rewarding myself. It's for the work. It's yeah. not for the booking because um, it, I got to give me um, a pat on the back somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my reward because it's like you did the work. I can't control if I get a call back. I can't control if I get a booking, right. but I can't control putting in the work and saying, good job. Now you can get a nice duvet 
to color match your walls. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I, I love that so much. Really, really good advice. Um, so you have, again, you have lots of really cool creative um, projects and, and jobs that, that you do. You know, you you do background work, you do acting. Oh, I don't do background anymore. Sorry, voice, voiceover work, um, acting, um, illustrating, writing as well. Um, if you weren't doing any of those things, is there one thing that you would like to be doing that you've never tried before? No, I've actually thought of that. Um, that's such a good question. Thank you for asking it. (laughs) I have thought that like, if I were to win a million dollars or however much, what would I do? I would do this. Yeah. The only difference is if I had the money, I would be, well, cause Laura has a, um, a feature. She needs help, um, with some funding. I give her money. I would produce my animation that I've been pitching. Um, and then I, I, yeah, my animation, what else? There's other projects I would just get, I would be putting the projects, um, getting them going. So it would be that I'd still be auditioning. Um, yeah, I'd still be doing exactly what I'm doing. There's nothing else I'd want to be doing. Oh, oh, I know. I want to, um, I want to get my next book going. Mm-hmm. So either I would self-publish it, but I when pitching it to traditional publishing houses, I would like to kind of get a team that way too. I want to experience that. But if I had the money, okay. So of course I would <laughs> self-publish and then get a marketing team for getting it out there. So that's what I would do. Um, I may not do some of the side jobs that I do in right. the, the side hustle. I might, that's the only difference. So yes, I'm living what yeah. I want to be doing. You're, you're definitely in the right space. Space right now, which is always great. It's it's always nice to speak to someone um, who's just found their niche. They found where they exactly where they should be, which is really cool. Okay, here's one thing I would do. Um, I would put money. I might get my own organization. Like I'd buy a bunch of land for animals. Like because um, we need to save the an- <laughs> save the world. So <laughs> saving plots of land so that they can keep going. So I don't know if I'd have a foundation or if I just buy the land. Um, saving elephants, like I'd give more money to helping elephants, um, saving them from poaching and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it would be that because it's just that's the only difference what my life would be is I would be more philanthropic with right. saving animals and getting women working in what they want to be doing, just helping women more. So that would be the one thing. I just can't do that right now, people. <laughs> I just adopt the odd elephant whenever I can. <laughs> Those are such wonderful dreams, though. Thank you. Thank you for for sharing those. Um, Okay, so we're going to change it up a little bit. Um, We're going to do a speed round. And so (laughs) um, questions, first thing that kind of comes to your mind, it shouldn't be too much stress on you. um, But no, I'm an extrovert. (laughs) Extroverts, we think while we speak, this can be dangerous. (laughs) I wish I was an introvert. (laughs) And then speak. (laughs) Okay, hit me. Okay. Um, so you're obviously very talented in many different things, but what is one talent that you wish you had that you don't have? I wish I could, um, read people's thoughts. <laughs> that is a great one. That would be amazing. <laughs> That's a superhero. How about sing? I can sing okay. there. My superhero power is to read your mind singing although I do a little bit of singing for voiceover I've had to take classes but I want to sing better oh okay okay I love it um what is your greatest extravagance um I like skincare oh I will pay money for skincare and it's so bizarre to me when people like don't moisturize and then people will say like I save up my points at shoppers to buy a nice like skin cream I'm like why aren't, why isn't that already a priority? Right, so, right, right. I go for, um, I'll get facials like mm. all the time. Um, Hydrodermy lift from Beverly's on fourth. Oh my God. It's like a facelift without the surgery. It's okay. So, yeah. Yeah. There. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of facials as well. I think it's such a wonderful like self-care routine. Oh, you should see my bathroom. I have so many things. Actually, it's on my to-do list. I have to go buy um, First Aid Beauty. It's a great brand as well. 
<laughs> to do list. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, what is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? <laughs> oh my gosh, just one. Um <laughs> I'm sure you have a lot in the industries that you're in. I'm sure there's there's a lot that you get. Goodness. Um I've had a lot of comments. I I don't know. Gosh, this is like I have so much and I don't know what to say. Um if you can't think maybe what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? <laughs> yeah, I go for the positive. Um money uh the thoughts things you um thoughts become things. So if you're thinking it it will become a thing. So if I'm thinking a story, that story will become an actual um, physical thing. Mm-hmm. And, and also watching the thoughts that are going in your head. So if you are in a situation where you're not making enough money or whatever, change that thought to like, oh, and then I have it actually written right here. <laughs> money loves me. I'm a wealthy creative. So I hate, oh, oh here, oh, I love here's that the worst. I hate saying this is my worst advice. This is a significant advice. Um, so the last conversation, my, my grandma was hilarious, just so you know, I don't want to paint a bad picture here. She's hilarious. She's witty. She's on the, you know, um, my last conversation with her before she passed, she died suddenly. So we weren't expecting it. I was thinking like, it was hard to tell the, my family that I was going to go from science to art. And I just sort of casually just said to her, I'm thinking of going to art. And her, she was like, you can't make money in art. And just period. And <laughs> so I was mad at my grandma. <laughs> I was so mad at her. <laughs> and then she like died like a month Aww. later. I felt horrible. I'm like, that was our last conversation. So, like that was bad advice. <laughs> but it stuck with me. Right. And it's always been something I've kind of battled. So those are things that I have written on my th- my computer here. It says I get paid for the work I do. Another pitfall visual artist we get stuck in that, oh, we'll get exposure if we do this for free. Yeah, free work leads to more free work. Don't waste your time on this exposure stuff. How about you pay me and there'll be exposure. Great, but I need to pay my bills. Yeah. So it's that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, just be careful with that kind of stuff. Whenever people, people rarely ask for free work, but when they do, (laughs) my, what I say to people is I'm not one of those rich artists that can work for free yet. (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. That is honestly one of the hardest things about being a freelancer, an entrepreneur, a woman in business. It's so easy to think we need to do things for free that we, for the exposure, as you mentioned, that we're not worthy of being paid. Our stuff is not worth it yet. Um, Yeah. Great advice to have that because money is such a difficult conversation sometimes. And it's great to have those reminders of of getting paid and that you're worthy and, and that these are things that you need to be paid for. Yes, yes, you are valuable. What you're offering is a service. Um, creative work is so important. I've always said science keeps you alive. Art is the reason you want to be alive. So oh, I work- love that. You know, it's good. Love it. <laughs> so, many, so many great quotes you're sharing. I, I uh, love it. <laughs> I love <it> <laughs> um, what is your favorite rainy day movie? Oh, um, so, okay, I don't just have like one. I'm always watching stuff right now because I kind of have to. I'm watching WandaVision right now. It's so good. So rainy days happening right now, WandaVision. I know that's not really a movie, is it? Um, okay. Soul. I love Soul. Oh, oh yes. So good. Soul and Encanto. Um, oh, oh, Luca was so cute. I love Luca. <laughs> yeah, but we'll go with Soul. I love it. I love it. Um, where is the first place you want to travel when we officially can? (laughs) Oh my God. Everywhere. (laughs) Let's go to Portugal. Portugal. Oh, I love Portugal. My mom. I've never been. I've heard it's amazing. It it is. It's, it's really beautiful. Um, since you're an illustrator, who is your favorite, maybe cartoon character, or maybe is there a cartoon character that you feel emulates? 
your personality or, or who you are. Garfield. Garfield. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, who's my favorite illustrator? Can I, can I answer that? Sure. Yeah, go for it. Edward, Edward Gorey. I love him. I love him. Love it. Love Look it. Look him up if you don't know him. He's brilliant. Um, if there were three people that you could have at a dinner party, living or deceased, who would they be? Um, oh gosh, this could make me cry. I want my grandmas there. Is that, is that two or can that be one? Yeah. yeah. Grandmas is one. (laughs) Um, and then I want Kathy Kolwitz. She's an artist. Um, I think she's Austrian. I want to look it up. She illustrated during the war and her work is just so you can hear the pain in this woman. And I think she has so much to say. So pretty much all female artists that <laughs> that'll be the, I got a lot of people at my table, <laughs> all female artists that we didn't ever hear of because they were female and not male. Right. And then I want, Oh, I want, um, I want, women like so you know how you have like henry the eighth oh i'll let's go with the um, anne boleyn Ooh, oh. interesting yeah there very very interesting <laughs> um and the last question i have for you is what's your favorite thing about being a female <laughs> we're brilliant <laughs> <laughs> women are so smart um can i elaborate so people yes, will be like what yes absolutely we're we carry so much extra. Like I can't imagine being a man because you don't have all the extra stuff. We have to navigate harassment. We have to navigate how to appease because you know there's the volatile dude in that group. How to appease that without having a massive blowout. We have to juggle children lives usually we're the ones cleaning and cooking and everything now i know people would be like no you know rights and all stuff but you know we end up doing everything anyways as well as we're getting paid less we have to work harder to do more and then we get paid less we usually are doing multiple jobs hormones pms every you know different women are affected differently we have to hide that we have to and sometimes we're like I have sometimes excruciating, painful head headaches, but you got to act like everything's normal. Um, we are juggling so much and still delivering. We are so brilliant. Can you imagine not having all of that and yeah, just doing yeah. your job? <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing, hey? That would be so easy. We'd be like rocking this. <laughs> We already are, but like, think of, oh my, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, thank you for sharing that. That is super powerful. Um, thank you I for sharing. We forget that. We forget how amazing we are we because do. we look at the, all that stuff as um, like maybe as lesser than, but no, 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 no. We make things happen. We make babies. Like, like, think about that. Not only are we making the babies, we're working full-time couple jobs. Like, yeah. like your body's amazing. You yeah. look, like women are amazing. It's truly incredible. I once had a friend say that women have the universe inside of them. Like, oh, you were literally that. building a human body. You were building eyeballs if yeah. you're able to conceive. Yeah, you literally have a whole universe inside of you that's creating a whole new life, which is very powerful when you really sit back and think about how incredible women are. Yeah, I know. I just thought of another horrible piece of advice. (laughs) Women are the weaker sex. And I was just like, "Uh, uh, uh." I think that's where my rant came from. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, we're not. Yeah. We put up with so much. We're like from a historical perspective. Oh my God, what women endured 
and are still here. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, very yeah. true. We're still women here. Amazing. That's why at my table, I, I want all women. All strong women. Hear what they had to go through and live and just brilliance. We're brilliant women. If any men are listening, you're okay too. <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything with us today. Um, before we end our conversation, is there anything else you want to share with our community? No, just keep creating. Think of yourself as a business creative and just keep going. Your work is important. If you're doing it, it's important. Thank you. Um, where can we find you? Oh, online. Um, okay. So AngelaGoliath.com. And then on Insta, I'm at Ant Artist, A-N-T-A-R-T-I-S-T. Did I spell that right? <laughs> um, I used to draw a lot of ants. And then Twitter is Angela Goliath. Yeah. Very, cool. very cool. And anything exciting coming up that you want to share with us? Um, well, I really can't talk about some stuff because um, like I just did a commercial, which was really fun, but I can't talk about that. Uh, you can find me on Netflix audio description. Uh, I can say that I'm in Dota, Dragon's Blood. That's an adult animation. I wouldn't share that with kids. It's <laughs> a little gory. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. And then Dogs in Space. Um, I'm just, there's books coming out. I actually just haven't looked to see what's being published. I'm, I'm sure there's some stuff um, on Freeze and Press. I, I just have to look. <laughs> I've been busy. <laughs> definitely share some links um, as well to um, any of the books that you've had in, in your website. Uh, but thank you so much for sharing. It was so lovely to have you, Angela. Hey, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share it with a friend who you think might enjoy it too. These small actions truly made the world to a small business owner like myself. You can also stay up to date with the latest podcast releases, behind the scenes, and insider info about each guest by following us on Instagram. If you are interested in being a guest or learning more about our sponsorship and partnership opportunities, I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. It truly means the world. We wish you a wonderful week and hope that it is filled with creativity and love.